Sorry about that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This third Sunday of Advent takes its name Gaudete Sunday from those just uh, cited words from the entrance, entrance antiphon. Gaudete in Domino Semper, Iterum Dico Gaudete. I quote that in Latin for a reason, because there's something quite remarkable here. You see in Latin the word Gaudete is not a suggestion. It's a command. It's an imperative. Rejoice, always. Again, I say rejoice. Well, the question is, can we be commanded to rejoice? You know, I read just the other day that one thing that women really hate to hear in the workplace is when someone says to them, smile. For some reason, that really ticks them off. I'm not sure why. Can we be commanded to rejoice? Isn't that like telling somebody to smile? Well, this phrase was actually written by St. Paul in his letter to the Philippians. Get a load of this. While he was in prison, waiting to be beheaded. Rejoice? I'm sure Paul was not having a blast rejoicing while he was in prison awaiting his martyrdom. But you see, joy is not mere exhilaration, a sort of slap-happy emotion, a denial of reality. No, the joy that we are commanded to have is something much deeper than pleasure and happiness. Christian joy, in fact, is not an emotion at all, but it's a calm, inner assurance that Christ is near. Emmanuel, God, is with us. And he is near in our times of exhilaration, of soaring emotion, of almost inexplicable happiness. But he's also nearest when times are tough, when this struggle seems too difficult to bear. Now, I might not be remembered for much when I die, but I'm sure people will say one thing at my funeral. Wow, that deacon sure has a lot of grandchildren. (laughs) I've been there for a lot of births. I was there the moment when all six of our children was born. And for the birth of many of the grandchildren, my daughters and my daughters-in-law. And neither my wife, nor my daughters, nor my daughters-in-law, while they were in labor, delivering a child, never once thought, wow, this is great. (laughs) But they all experienced that great joy of taking that newborn baby into their hands and holding them close to them. And I'm sure that Mary and Joseph were not thrilled when they realized their child would have to be born in a stable with only the breath of beasts to keep him warm. And yet, what is the message on that first Christmas of the angel who appeared to the shepherds who were watching their sheep at night? They were struck with fear, but the angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. A Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord. Somehow our pains and our trials, our times of fear, sometimes the simplest, most ordinary realities of life can be the cause of our joy. Forty-seven years ago, I had just started my freshman year in college. It was October, and I was in a car accident. My car was totaled, 
My gas tank caught on fire and my knee was injured. A few days after the accident, lying there in my room in the dormitory, I realized that it had been about three or four years since the last time I had been to confession. And so walking with a cane, I limped over to the chapel at St. John Fisher College, and I made my confession. It was painful to walk, but I felt like I was floating on air. I stepped outside on that beautiful fall day to walk back to the dorm and just stood there leaning on my cane and feeling the gentle breeze on my face. I was filled with joy because I realized that nothing is better than being right with God. I can still feel that breeze today like it had happened only yesterday. Rejoice in the Lord always. As always in Advent too, we hear the words of and the story of John the Baptist. Today we find him in the Jordan River, baptizing all of those who would come to him, repenting of their sins, trying to get right with God. Today we see him as the forerunner, announcing the the one who was coming, who would save us from our sins. But when do we first, in the gospel, hear of John the Baptist? It's when he's still in his mother's womb. The angel Gabriel had just appeared to Mary to tell her that she would give birth to the Savior and that her kinswoman Elizabeth, although old, was in the sixth month of her pregnancy. And so Mary rushes to assist her. And entering the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth, she calls out a greeting. And the gospel tells us, And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For the moment your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe in my womb leapt for joy. The yet unborn John the Baptist leaps with joy in his mother's womb. And here is the answer. Joy, true joy, is knowing and encountering Christ in the womb, in the manger, on the dusty roads of Galilee, or the cobbled streets of Jerusalem, meeting him at the cross, at the empty tomb, in faith, in baptism, in the Eucharist, in all of the sacraments, in family life, in each other, in the poor, and in the hour of our death, and in eternal life. Brothers and sisters, we can be commanded to rejoice, because Christ, our Emmanuel, is here, and he has come to set us free. What can be more important? in speaking of and preparing for Christmas during this Advent season, then coming to realize that although we are sinners, although we fail, although we are heavenly burdened by the trials of this present age, it is the Lord who has drawn close to us. It is Christ who is here. Did he not come to a sinful world? Did he not come to a poor and oppressed people, to a lowly family? in an insignificant town, to be born in a place for animals. 
And was he not pursued by a murderous king and rejected by his people and even nailed to a cross? The helpless babe in the manger is laid there, is placed in the arms of his virgin mother, and he is helpless, but at the same time is mighty God and Prince of Peace. And he is forever with us, even and especially when we suffer, even when we grieve. We know that only Christ can bring hope out of despair and life from death. Only Christ can bring true and lasting joy. In Christ, God meets us at our own level. In Christ, he becomes one of us. And he refuses to leave us. Refuses. Because nothing can break his relationship with his people. Neither the forces of nature or war or economic collapse or even evil deeds done by evil men. Nothing. Nothing. We can be commanded to rejoice because God's closeness to us in Christ is unbreakable. He is always with us. Jesus did not become a helpless babe to give us a nice story or a touching tale to relate in the darkest and coldest time of the year. No, he is our light and our joy, our peace and our Savior, our Lord and our Comforter. He is also, mysteriously, the tears of God, God weeping with us. As he continues to share all of our sorrows, he also gives us all of his joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice.